0: 107 and WPTF Radio, AM 680, FM 98.5. Be sure to set the button Uh, on your car radio for both of those. Uh, Tom Kearney here. The Tom Kearney Show is in this slot slot, Monday through Friday nights from 9 to 10 with a little bit of live and in-real-time radio. It varies. It's kind of a potpourri. And uh, if you don't like it on one night, you might like it on the next night. And generally, we do not do... uh, We don't do politics. There are plenty of other people doing that. And so we we do uh, other things. And uh, uh, last night we talked about the history of Raleigh, for instance. And Tuesday night, what was happening in the movie industry now with the theaters not being open. And were they going to ever be able to reopen again? And Monday night uh, brought you a meditation on the, uh, the atomic bombs that were dropped on Wayne County, North Carolina, 60 years ago early in the morning of January 24th, 1961. It's about 10 miles from where I was lying asleep, and so I, I consider myself in some ways just lucky to be here. But I am, in fact, here many years later, and, and uh, what we're going to talk about tonight is, given the title of Nostalgia, it's a kind of an open-phone program. i like to do at least one program a week where we invite you to participate in something, and uh, generally I've found, rather than just say, what would you like to talk about, that's okay too, but at the same time to, to sort of settle on some sort of topic and ask you to respond to it. And I've given the name Nostalgia to those program, so tonight's a Nostalgia program. And uh, I went to check my email today, and one of my friends has sent me an email. He sends me good cartoons and and uh, uh, interesting information, and, and this, this was a, a piece of uh, work that had to do with a special group, it, it said, and I, I really don't know where it came. It may have been in some publication. He doesn't. Uh, I, I don't think doesn't remember either. It may be a, just a conglomeration of good thoughts and those kinds of things that uh, have been collected uh, on the on the internet. But anyway, tonight we're going to talk about uh, a special group of people uh, who were lucky to live in the middle, uh, be born and live through the middle of the twentieth century. And indeed, uh, it's really the, the group right before the baby boomers, many of whom are have retired now. They're, they're in their 70s, like yours truly. And my friend, he's six months older than I am, I so said, we had a good time talking about it today. And I hope you and I will have a good time talking about it. And it will require, require your participation. By the way, you don't have to be that old because it, rather than current events for you, it becomes a bit of history. And it will be of things that uh, can contribute to your historical imagination. One of the ones, uh, one of the, the factoids that comes out of this is you can, if you were in this group, you can remember a time when when the milk came to you and, and it was delivered, like the newspaper was delivered, and you had a mail, a milk, rather, a milk box on you in the front porch where the milkman would bring up a certain number of bottles. Eventually, there would be plastic containers, but in the beginning, there were bottles. In fact, when I was in the first grade at Edgewood Elementary School in Goldsboro, the milk that we drank was in glass bottles, and we had to return them so they could be washed and given back to the dairy and refilled and brought back again. They had a little paper tab on top. And so uh, some of the people I'm going to be talking about here are in a group that I belong to. I'm just right at the end of the silent generation and right at the beginning of the baby boomers. And so this will apply to those people that People that uh, were born just before 1945 and and were alive, uh, although they may not have been adults during World War II, and uh, during the and and maybe in some cases, uh, if you're old enough during the Depression, but have have lived through other times, they, they're called the Silent Generation. Then there's the Boomer Generation, and there's generations X, Y, and Z. And, we the, the people that we have now are Generation C. I looked that out just to make sure I could get it straight. But what we're going to do is I'm going to re- talk to you about and read the list of things that uh, that uh, have been collected as things that we should remember if you're in that generation, that special group uh, who uh, lived have lived really in the best of times. And I, I think sometimes that I have lived in the best of times because. Uh, I did not have to go off to World War II. My father did uh, and my uncles, uh, but we didn't lose anybody, and we were lucky in that respect. And, and people came home from World War II, and uh, the United States was the biggest, most powerful nation on Earth. Uh, to some extent, they squandered some of that, but that's, that's a story for another time. But uh, uh, they had emerged from a depression in which 25% of the people were unemployed. It was, it was hard times so to speak, and now there were plenty of jobs to go around. The government uh, would be involved in promoting education through the GI Bill, and we'll talk about those as we go along, but that's what the talk is going to be about tonight, and as I've stressed many nights on these programs, one of the things we need in these days of quarantine and being cut off from the world is talk, and uh, I, for instance, had a uh, uh, number of calls from friends and, and uh, uh Colleagues and uh, in fact, my sister yesterday had four great conversations, and it did a lot to uh, since I spend most of the time in the house uh, to avoid uh, contracting the coronavirus, which is what all of us should be doing. Uh, it's nice to have somebody to talk to, and you've got somebody here to talk to. That's my point. You've got somebody here to talk to, and if you're out there and you call me, I've got somebody to talk to. The number, by the way, is 919, that's the area code, 860. 860- nine seven eight three the number we've been using all these years on WPTF nine one nine eight six zero WptF eight six zero nine seven eight three if you use numbers and so it's nostalgia tonight for days gone by and, and we're going to be talking uh, about uh, some of the things that made it a very very special time for uh, the uh, the people who live through it a lot of whom, are still alive. People are living longer now. And and for younger people who did not live through it, who uh, were not alive at that time, don't say, well, that that, that didn't happen when I was alive. You must think of it as history. It's not current events, it's history. But it will be things that, like most history, will be of some value to you to know that it once was like that. And it had to be dealt with, and things were able to, to, to change. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And we'll begin that conversation and we'll invite you to join us at 919 860 9783. If something strikes your fancy, you'll say, I, I, I know about that. I'm going to call Tom and tell him my story. That's what you're supposed to do. But we're going to begin the little adventure right after this. You're on the top 32 for a Thursday night. It's Natalia tonight. And- I got an email today that made me nostalgic for, well, for my whole life, but particularly my early, uh, early life, when uh, the uh, border between the silent generation and the boomer generation, a life was really different because uh, for the silent generation, for my parents and for the little boy that was born in 1943, I was just barely over the edge back there. I didn't quite make it into, you know, in terms of the numbers, but... Uh, my generation and, and the ones that came along after 1946 up to 1964 that was the boomer generation that was the 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 baby boom when the, when the soldiers came home and and the, their wives were waiting for them and they they created progeny that uh, 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 increased the population those are the boomer children and they came into a world that uh, uh, had a lot of cash and had a lot of uh, development. States was uh, on a roll. It was riding the wave, and uh, people who didn't own a house before got a chance to build a house. Uh, and uh, men that didn't would never have had the opportunity to go to college. In fact, went to college. In fact, I I was teaching one time back in the 1970s, and I looked at my class, and and I was trying to get them to understand that uh, what had changed in this period that I'm talking about. And, and I, we had about 20 people in the class, and I pointed out that probably only about four or five of them would have been in that class if they had not had the kind of things that like the GI Bill that sent their fathers to college. Their fathers were the first people in their family usually, if they weren't, to go to college and that that has changed completely and it started changing at this particular time. So that's one of the reasons that it was uh, sort of the best of times to be uh, around. And what this that I got that inspired me today is in the form of some it says, interesting facts. And again, I don't know exactly where this came from, but uh, I, I, it, it deserves being promulgated and being put out there so you, the people who live through this can think about it, and the people who are younger can regard it as history. It says, uh, you are the smallest group of children born since the early 1900s. And I, I guess what we're talking about is that... Uh, Because of the bad economic times, there tended to be smaller families in in the in the thirties into the war. There were all kinds of things going on that would suggest that people didn't want to have as many children. So, the group of people that we are talking about and going to be talking about tonight are a very small group of people relative to the others uh, in in the in the twentieth century. Uh, This uh, this was the last generation. They climbed out of the depression. Who had a memory of the depression, and uh, could remember uh, the winds of war. And I'm, I'm quoting here now the the impact of the war, uh, which uh, rattled to the structure of their which rattled the structure of their daily lives. And what it's saying is that the war really upset life. Daddy was gone. He was not there. Uh, we did not know he was going to get to come back. And he did not have a cell phone, so he couldn't call home every day. In fact, sometimes he would have been captured dead whatever uh, months before Mom found out about it. So uh, uh, this is the last generation to to uh, have that. These, this generation, uh, my friends and I, I would be one of the younger members of the generation, would be the last to remember uh, ration books for everything from gas to sugar to shoes and uh, Stoves and all kinds of other things, and I'll bet there's somebody in our audience who had a ration book at one time, may still have it as a souvenir. And what you got was a, a book with with coupons in it that would allow you to buy a certain amount of very uh, material that wasn't uh, was needed by the by the war effort. Like you could not buy tires, you had to. Have a certain number of ration books to buy a tire. My mother and my father's car when he he went off to war in 1941. I was born in 1943, but she really couldn't drive it most of the time because uh, the tires were, were bald and were, were not serviceable. And she used the uh, ration books for other things. And, and, and ration books sometimes people pooled them and and got enough uh, rations to uh, to buy uh, tires or to buy food, certain kinds of food, sugar and uh, and uh, and other things that were in short supply, they were being used for the uh, the uh, the war effort. So uh, that, this is the, the generation that remembers that. Uh, one of the things that my friend and I talked about today is that the young people during World War II were urged to save. What they're calling here tin foil. I guess it was aluminum foil. It was the kind of stuff that you'd wrap food up in. Most of the times, those days, you wrapped it in something called wax paper, which you still you can still get wax paper. Still, people use it, but uh, they didn't have plastic wrap at, at that point. Uh, plastics is pretty much uh, a product of uh, post World War II and indeed post sixties uh, into the seventies. You remember in the in the. Uh, In the motion picture, the graduate, the young man who's just gotten out of college, is given some advice by an older person as to what the coming thing was going to be. And if you remember seeing that movie, this is a 1968 movie. The older man told him, invest in plastics. And when we think about today the number of things that are made out of plastic, uh, we'll see that he got some good advice, apparently. But they saved tinfoil during during the war. And, uh, well... Uh, I've learned since then by studying history that that was pretty much a kind of an effort to bring up morale Because they didn't really I don't think use the tinfoil for any purpose in fact They may have just dumped it in the dumpster, but it was good to give the kiddies something to do So they could feel like they could make a contribution if you're curious about that you might you might uh, Google it or look it up in the library or somewhere, but uh, the tinfoil was collected uh, in tin foil drives, and big balls of it were made up. Uh, but uh, the truth is, it probably didn't collect, connect, except in, in raising morale a lot uh, for the war effort. It says here, this was the generation that also poured fat into a tin can. Uh, and what we're talking about, I, I think this is what they're talking about here, is we, we used to cook bacon, and rather than throw away the fat, of course, if you threw it down the drain, you'd end up gooing the thing up and sticking it up. But we would pour it in a in a metal can. Uh, if we had a big can, we would and it was lard or something. We would pour it back into that. And if it was a small can, on top of the stove, it would have a uh, a sifter on top to to get the big pieces, big particles out. And and you would end up using the the grease that you had in there to cook things on. You wouldn't have a another uh, bottle of canola oil or Crisco or whatever. Uh, you would we would stretch out the Lord as far as you get. Later we would learn that uh, it really wasn't all that good for us either, too, so, but uh, that was uh, a way of saving, I uh, think. My friend this afternoon pointed out to me, and I remembered this, is that, that uh, uh, the, a lot of the butter uh, uh, that was used uh, uh, and during World War II uh, was sent to, to the army and stuff, and, and when there wasn't enough butter to go around Created the manufacture of oleomargarine, uh, margarine out of other oils, not richness like butter, but uh, uh, and, and it's, it's something that is akin to lard. But it was it was white uh, because the uh, dairy lobby would not uh, permit them to color it and make it yellow. It was naturally white, and and the, the, the manufacturers of margarine wanted to make it yellow so it would look like butter. Uh, would sometimes we would have uh, butter sandwiches because we didn't have anything else to put on it. It was kind of like toast, except it, it wasn't toasted bread. And and uh, there were people who didn't have uh, that uh, who uh, actually made large sandwiches because they, if you when you when you rendered the lard, you ended up it still had a bit of the the kind of uh, meaty flavor in it, uh, like something that somebody in our audience may know what cracklinks are. I, I would be interested. That may be a way to see if we can get a telephone call if there's anybody in our our eastern North Carolina or rural audience or wherever wherever you came from who know what cracklinks were. The The telephone number, if you can can help us with that, is 919-860-9783. If any of this strikes your fancy, if you have a memory of it, if you would be so kind as to share it with us, then that will... Uh, Uh, show your position in in this uh, 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 group of people that we're in fact talking about tonight. Uh, We're being nostalgic about uh, people who are in the uh, pre-Boomer generation uh, and uh, uh, that's uh, 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 the people who were born in about 1930 and, and, and uh, uh, runs up to the time of 1946. and That's when we began with the Puma generation. And uh, there are the people who can remember the kinds of things that I'm talking about. You can remember that you would see cars up on blocks, and this sounds like my mother, uh, because they would put the cars up on blocks because they didn't have any tires on them, and they couldn't get any tires because all the rubber, there was a great shortage of rubber, and all the rubber was going to military purposes. Uh, uh, and uh and when in fact when we come back I, I may tell you a story about uh, William Neal Rhodes Coliseum and uh, and the steel that that held held that building up and what happened when they bought it uh, uh just before the war began. In the meantime we were just about to the point where we need to check the news to find out what's going on in the world. Uh, this is Tom Kearney, the Tom Kearney Show on WPTF, waxing are nostalgic tonight about the pre-boomer generation and the things they went through, and we'll be back after this. Uh, uh, January 28th, we're almost a whole month into 2021, and that, that's kind of amazing. You may have noticed on the news the uh, announcement of the, the passing uh, of uh, Cecily Tyson. I have a trivia question for you, but I also want to tell you that she will be included on the list of our uh, necrology next week. of uh, the, the, the well-known and those who deserve to be remembered, but uh, uh, who have, have passed on, Dr. Edward Funkhauser will be, I guess, next Thursday night with the list. And it, it will talk about Ms. Tyson, uh, Cloris Leachman, who died yesterday, Henry Aaron, Larry King, Don Sutton, and others uh, who have passed away within the the last month. So we invite you to join us. That's next Thursday. That's a little bit of a a long-range promo. Uh, Next Tuesday night, our annual meditation on the life of Buddy Holly and the day the music died. We invite you. We've been doing that for about 15 years. I believe probably Buddy Holly is uh, more influential in many ways and more important than, not more important than, I take that back, but more influential in a lot of ways and did almost any figure in rock and roll except Pat Stomino and uh, and Little Richard and people like that who were in the early 50s, late 50s. And Buddy's career was only about two years, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. He certainly had a great influence on the Beatles. So a little promoing of, of things that were ahead. John has told me that we have a, a caller who wants to ruminate with us, I hope, and we hope you will join us as we go through a list of things that, a part of the life of the silent generation that lapped over into the boomer generation in the mid of the 1940s and things that uh, that might be remembered, uh, uh, and so we're going to talk to a caller here in just a second. I did want to give you a, a trivia question about Cecily Tyson, one that I remember. She was in a, I think it was a TV miniseries, uh, The Autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, where uh, she was. Throughout her life, from young to old, and her life uh, uh, and its changes and successes and failures parallel the civil rights movement. And I want you to call me up and tell me what she did at the end of the movie that that uh, was uh, was uh, symbolic of what she regarded as her picture. She com- she committed an act that uh, that is uh, that you would know you would know what I'm talking about. Nine one nine. 9783. Is it Paul that's on the line? It is. Pardon me? Yes, it is.
1: Okay, what's on your mind tonight, Paul? Well, I just enjoy listening to uh, him every night, uh, or you every night, and um, I'm an old Raleigh boy. I'm third generation here, NC State, um, Broughton High School, and just... Uh, wanted to give a call and, you know, maybe uh, give some Raleigh history I might have that you, you don't have. or I, I, I've i been a real estate appraiser for the most of my life, um, so I, I know quite a bit about this area. Well, I, in this, I was and in an old house off of Hillsborough Street. Uh <laughs> Well, there are not many old houses left on Hillsborough Street. Uh, these no, days. no, we're on Clark Avenue. We're off of Hillsborough Street a couple of blocks near Meredith College and Dixie Trail type area. Well,
0: I'm, I'll have to tell you, I'm not too far from there, but I, I I'd like to leave it at that. I, I sort of that's a, and and I I always think it's not it's good to have a little bit of privacy. I guess is what what I'm saying. My but, my uh,
1: grand my grandparents, my dad's parents, grew up right around the corner. Forest Hills Baptist Church is across the street from us. Um, it, it's it's old old family property, uh, land, and you know area.
0: Well, let me ask you a question though, that that touches on what we I want to talk yes, about sir. tonight, and that is that area was built up really a lot of houses were built and built up right after World War II, if that's not mistaken uh, that you're talking about. That's right. About. And and uh, I know. Uh, 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 at the time that NC State was was established at uh, the fairgrounds was uh, was where the rose garden is now, and gradually, the the land became available and and it would, went through what we would call a development today, but instead of what happened in the later part of the twentieth century, every house didn't look alike is what I'm going to say. You know they were, but they with, were, with the with the rose garden being the fairgrounds. That's way before our times. <laughs> <or, or>, <laughs> well, I know that, but a lot of people that are listening to this program tonight, I. Are, are, are younger, right. but I, I hope they'll regard it as history and be interested in it. Uh, no, along I the think way. it's
1: very interesting because that's where I live and grew up.
0: What year did you graduate from Broughton High School? Nineteen seventy four. Nineteen seventy four. Yeah. Well, you're you're yeah. younger than I am. Uh, I, can, I not I'm, a I'm whole pro- lot. Yeah, not a whole lot. But um, I, but I can remember when I was in high school, we played Broughton, and uh, I think where we were played. You? In Goldsboro. Oh yeah. And so, well, I'm I'm going to uh ask you to uh, let me proceed through this list because I've got to try to cover as much of it as yes, possible, right? But I'm glad that you are listening. I think we've talked before, and I hope you will continue. No, we haven't course. talked before, but it's nice to talk to you, sir. All right. Anytime you you feel free. To, anytime the offer is put out to give us a call. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's Paul, uh, an older, an old Raleigh guy. He's he's, his home now. Paul Moore. Thank you, Paul. John, do we have any other callers?
1: No, we don't, Tom.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to go back. Uh, I need to creep my computer here. Sometimes I get get it on the wrong page. What we're talking about tonight in the program that we've labeled Nostalgia, I got a list of things uh, from a friend of mine today and we were, we, neither one of us is real sure where they came from, but they are reflective of a special group of people, those people born about the time that the Depression was at its bottom, and who, who uh, uh, are born through that year, and through 1946 was the last year of World War II, when, when the society was out of whack, so to speak, and it began to get back into whack. I, I just made that up, but uh, in any event, uh, the, uh, when the war was over, uh, a lot of spending power was built uh, built up in the United States. A lot of money was there that people wanted to spend, and they didn't have anything, hadn't had anything to spend it for all during the war because a lot of things they wanted, like automobiles, cars, uh, houses they could not have because the supplies used for them were uh, being used for the war effort. And uh, uh, the area that uh, Paul and I were talking about in West Raleigh was pretty much built up after World War II when... when the contractors could get lumber, when they could get metal, when they could get plumbing things. And so much of the uh, the other stuff had not been available during the Depression because of the economic situation and during the war because they were being used for the war effort. Uh, if you uh, if something we say strikes your fancy and you, like Paul, want, want to uh, reminisce a little bit, it's 919 919- Eight six zero nine seven eight three and And also, I've given you a trivia question. Uh, Cicely Tyson passed away today, and I was thinking about her career, and, and as I remember it, and I remember, uh, uh, I think it was a TV miniseries in 1974 that uh, she was in. It was the, called The Autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, and it was an older, and it was a black woman who had lived through uh, the, the civil rights uh uh, changes and beginning as a young person and at the end of it uh, she shows uh, her victory uh, by doing a particular action I'm just curious if any of you remember what it was that she did Nine one nine Uh 9783 I'm going to go back to my list now uh, uh, I mentioned this earlier about the included, got, had their first job delivering newspapers, in it, where they began to learn how the economic world worked. But uh, they, had, at some point, had too many other distractions and uh, were no longer willing to uh, to deliver the newspapers. I'm not saying that's the total cost, but I've always felt like that was certainly one of the elements in the, the disappearance of the afternoon newspaper. Uh, one of the things that's noted about this group in this article that I have is that uh, the, uh, this generation that I'm talking about, of which I'm at the end of it, uh, was the last to see the gold stars in windows. I don't remember ever see, seeing this, but I know that it was true. Uh, when you lost a member of your family, when your brother or your father or your nephew or whatever uh, was killed, you got a gold star to put in your window so that the people uh, in your community would know that you had made uh, a sacrifice. Uh, this happened in the world where I lived in. You, you saw the boys come home uh, and uh, build their their little houses. There were a whole development in my area of Goldsboro. Uh, I call them track houses, but they were uh, they weren't very big, probably 1500, 1,600 square feet. But they were starter houses, and uh, most of them were still there. And uh, my elementary school that I went to opened in 1950, and it was located there because. That was the area of town that was being developed, mostly by soldiers who could uh, who who were, who were discharged when the war was over and who could get low-cost loans to build their houses. These are the same ones that, because of the uh, the uh, act, uh, the GI Bill, as they called it, which was uh, to provide education for uh, people who had had their education interrupted, uh, was a way that, that they could start a new and and better lives along the way. This is one of the things that marked the, the the parents of the boomer generation, but they passed it along. They went to college for the first time, probably the first members of their family, and then their children would expect to go to college. So the, the education industry uh, grew. If you took the, the number of children, uh, young people who go to college now and, and wound the clock back a 100 years, the number would be, uh, probably two or three out of ten at the most uh, would would go to college. But now uh, it, 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 it is expected to be a part of a person's education. Uh,
1: Tom, we have Earl from Durham.
0: Okay. Let's talk to Earl. Earl, good evening. You're on WPTF. Can you hear me, Tom? I can't hear you, sir. Yes. What's uh, on your mind? I was very pleased to meet Cicely Tyson at North Carolina Central
1: University a few years ago. She's on our licensing program.
0: To answer your question, uh, Jane Pittman drank from the white only water fountain at the end of the of Jane Pittman? You're exactly right. That's the answer to the question. She, her her, her, her sign of triumph when she went to the so she was walking through the park, I think, and she stopped and drank water probably for the first time in her life uh, at the White Fountain. Uh, I can remember uh, that—tell uh, me your first name again. I'm losing my memory Oh Earl. Oh, I apologize. I, I, there was a young person working at the radio station about 20 years ago, and he came in one morning, and he knew I had once been a school teacher, and he had seen the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman the night before, and he and his wife got into an argument about about the segregated water fountains, and uh, you sound like you're old enough, Earl, that you might. Yeah, I'm I mean, older than you. <laughs> okay, well, you witnessed uh, a lot of other things that were segregated too. You know, uh, uh, waiting rooms, at the bus station, all of that, <laughs> and, and all of that stuff. It's kind of hard for young people to believe today. I think a lot of them, but in fact, it was the case, and the water fountain was 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 uh, as a, as you pointed out, Miss Jane Pittman, a sign of victory that she had, she could drink water anywhere she wanted to now. So, but uh, uh, I'm glad that you did. You did you actually meet her and shake hands I with did. her? Yeah. In fact, she was on the program, uh, our Lyceum program at mm-hmm. Oklahoma Central University He is back. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad that you got to see her. Uh, uh, she apparently, uh, the way the news guy was giving the news, she was extremely driven. You know, to be I, what she wanted to be. And, I didn't realize uh, she was that old, though. <laughs> right. Well, I, we uh, haven't haven't heard as much from her uh, recently. But uh, but uh, and, you know, an awful lot of people. I've I've been thinking that a lot of famous people have been dying lately, and a lot of them are fairly old. So our our society must be doing something right if. Uh, if Ms. Tyson can live to be 96, and oh, you know yeah. Hank Aaron made it to 86, and Larry King made it to about 90, I think. And so uh, uh, when you look at the obituaries, you see people are dying younger and older these mm-hmm. days. Earl, well, I need to keep going here, but thank you for listening to me. Thank okay? you. Appreciate yes, it. Night. Earl, who lives in Durham, met Cic- Cicely Tyson, who died today at the age of 96. She will be on the list of our, our group of people who have uh, necrology. Uh, when Dr. Funkhauser, who comes by about once a month, uh, does it. Uh, and he will do it a week from tonight. We we try to do it around the end of the month or the beginning of the next month. And uh, we got a chance to promo that a little bit earlier when uh, when we had the opportunity. And I want to promo again one thing, other thing. On Tuesday night, we're going to do our annual meditation on the day the music died. Right now, we're going to take a break. joining us at 919 860 waxing nostalgic about uh, an article or a group of an article of a group of things about the pre-boomer generation the things that uh, and, and I'm I mean, on the back end of that I'm just barely not a boomer I was born just before the war was over and uh, so I, I don't quite but I'm It's a group of people who could remember getting milk delivered to the front door, who could remember not having a television, uh, and who got out, their parents, their father got out of the war, and it was an upwardly mobile economic situation. There were a lot of jobs. There were good loans for cars, for education, for houses, and a lot of the, I talked to you a little bit earlier about, the elementary school that I went to in Goldsboro was surrounded by starter homes. And they're still there, and people are still starting their families, and eventually they move to bigger homes. And that was true in communities throughout America. Uh, I believe Jesse is on the line somewhere. John, plug Jesse in. The me? America. Jesse, you need to turn your radio down. Oh, oh this me, man. It's me. 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 What's on your mind tonight? Hey, your...
2: hey sir. Hey. Hey, man. Hey. hey. How you doing? You need to turn the radio down. Oh, okay, okay. i to read you that. Okay. It's causing kind
0: of an echo on the radio. What's on your mind yes, tonight? Uh,
2: yeah, I can relate a lot to what Tom is talking about. Because, see, I grew up doing it, and Hank Aaron era was the baseballs and the sports, you were right? Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, uh, Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and... They all used to play baseball around here back in the day, you know, with the Negro Leagues and stuff. Well, you the know, they became famous. You know what I'm
0: saying? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, you know one of the things that was special about Henry Aaron is he he started in the Negro League, you know, when it was totally separate. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I understand. Sir. Yeah,
2: yeah. And so huh. I, I kind of followed him and him and then uh uh Willie Mays and uh, all of Alabama they're Alabama boys.
0: Yeah, they're from they Mobile. Play? They're from Mobile. That's right.
2: You, you right. got it on they, the head. He didn't play baseball. With the, uh, there's a baseball league uh, around here. Did you know that?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, Did you?
2: yeah. Uh, and man, I declare, You know, I'm sorry about his death too. I know about Cindy Tyson, but, but he, he's on my mind right now. Him and
0: well, I, the baseball boys. You know. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, well, think about him, and next next week, he's going to be on the list of people that have passed away, you know, a lot of uh, big sports heroes. But I appreciate you joining us, but you know what, we've flat run out of time here, and I've I've got to be moving on along. But tune in whenever you can, okay? Yes, sir. Enjoy your show. Appreciate you, Jesse. Uh, We hope we have an open door. We may continue this list, but I think we've got enough for another program, and invite you to join us, if you will. Uh, That's our program for tonight. Tomorrow night is going to be trivia night, and I hope you'll join us then.